Uh, so this morning, we're going to finish chapter 15, get into 16 a little bit in Acts here. But uh, if you look on your bulletin, I entitled this morning's message, Missing the Will of God. So did you ever have an experience where you were sensing the Lord speaking to you or leading you in something that uh, is significant, even to the point that you're telling others of this decision and then finding out that you're wrong? Really, the question isn't whether such a thing has ever happened, but how many times has it happened uh, to us? So how do we handle that? What do we do with that? Okay, what do we say to that? Um, just for a moment, if we recap last week's study, which if you weren't here, I'd really encourage you to go back, listen online. Uh, we talked about how we as believers, when we don't agree on things, what should we do, how to go about that. And we looked at the essentials in the Christian faith. There should be a unity there. And in the non-essentials, there should be liberty, liberty and, <clears throat> and in all things, charity, right? Uh, so that's going to play a little bit into this morning's study still as we uh, continue on here in Acts. But before we jump in, I want to just share an illustration which will uh, hopefully help us flesh this out a little bit. Um, how many of you guys have an older watch? Like David Everson got me this high-tech one. I can get my emails on it. I can talk to it. It's fun. But how many of us have an old watch at home, right? Uh, there's always a balance wheel, and I'd be very surprised if one's in this. <laughs> but those older ones, they got a balance wheel, which is a dedicated part to make up for compensation of different aspects, whether, say, there's, it's too hot or too cold. It'll help that. Um, if it's upright or horizontal, it'll help balance uh, the watch to keep going, to uh, have that constant um, you know, time going despite circumstances. So such a perfect balance as this is, um, it's missing from us. It's missing from human nature. What are you talking about, Pastor? What am I talking about? Just look around the room for a second. <laughs> Do, does any of us in this room have it all together? No. All right. Do we have that? Have we all found that perfect balance? No. And we can account it to the reality of sin. We live in a fallen world. There is the result of sin. So in every life, there is a bias that may be detected. So no one is wholly right, impartial, imbalanced. Not one of us. So we see this truth illustrated all through the Bible. Okay, Do you guys know that in the Scriptures, you will never find man being glorified? It doesn't happen. <laughs> Glory is to go to God and to God alone. Okay, that's what it's about. So scripture never gives glory to man. It just does not happen. Man does it often, but God does not do it. His word does not speak into that. So I want you to be mindful of that as we pick up and finish up chapter 15 here this morning. We'll jump all the way down to verse 36. It says, Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city, where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. And now Barnabas, he was determined to take with him John called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Then 
the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren by, or to the grace of God. And they went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. So we see a, a split take place here. Um, it's not uncommon in the church, is it, guys? Or in ministries that we see. Uh, I love, if you guys turn back to chapter 1, I just want for a moment just to reflect on again what God is doing by His Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. There's a purpose. And I love what we've seen so far on Paul's missionaries' journeys with Barnabas. Okay, They have gone... They have preached the gospel to many peoples. Churches are being established. And then this church split or ministry split takes place. But again, there's a purpose that we see in the book of Acts. Look at verse 8 of chapter 1. It says, But you shall receive power from the Holy Spirit when he comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We see the Lord doing this. He's accomplished that. That's what we're reading about every week as we're studying through the book of Acts. God has been faithful to his word, what he has desired of his people. And here we've seen two brothers, full of the Holy Spirit, going forth in boldness, (laughs) in truth, no matter what type of persecution they may face. They just kept going. What a team. And what a bummer to see them break up, right? So let's address this a little bit this morning. Um, again, when things become not, when they are non-negotiable, you see, these were not essentials. That's not why they decided to go their separate ways. It wasn't over essentials, was it? No, it was the non-essential differences. You see, the key here, it was not doctrinal issues. Okay, It was personal on how best to do ministry. So it's just another example of blood being thicker than water here. You know, you don't want my, you know, my, my family, you don't want Mark, my nephew, to come with us. So these two apostles uh, would never work together again. Yet, with no animosity, as Barnabas is mentioned in Paul's epistles, that's one thing that I love uh, that you can see in scriptures. You see in Corinthians, Galatians, and Colossians, Paul speaks well of Barnabas. I love that. So the body of Christ is to be characterized both by unity and diversity. I think only God can do that, can he? Only God. We can try. We can get live service to it. But only God can really establish that and make that work. So really, as long as spiritual unity continues to be maintained... More, the more organizational diversity we have, the more unbelievers uh, we, <laughs> we are likely to reach for Christ. I mean, that's the bottom line. We're all different. And if we're all on the same page with what God you know, has declared, who he is, the mission he's given to the church, it doesn't matter how it plays out. <laughs> Who's doing what? At least Christ is being preached. Amen? Uh, Peter Wagner, you guys may be familiar with him, global outreach guy. Um, He wrote a lot of books. He said this, If the one missionary agency ever known 
headed by such renowned apostolic leaders as Paul and Barnabas, suffered a mission split. We who suffer splits today join a rather distinguished company. (laughs) I love that. Okay, Uh, F.F. Bruce sums it up, or the situation here, this way. The present disagreement was overruled for good instead of one missionary and pastoral uh, expedition. There were two. So true. How much more is going to be done? We look at this bad day. This is a dream team here. We got the son of encouragement, Barnabas, and we got this crazy guy, Paul. (laughs) Look at what they're doing for the kingdom. Um, But now there's two works going on. So I can't think of any of our personal missionaries who haven't run into this very same problem at least once in their ministry. It happens all the time. So a question I'd like you guys to consider with me this morning. Do you think that these splits help or hurt the church's missionary effort? I would say both. I would say both. Uh, We never like splits, do we? They hurt, okay? Some of the hardest things I've gone through personally in ministry has been splits. You know, to be honest, those are the hardest things. Um, sometimes they can stumble others. You know, I've seen ministries split, churches split, and people just walk away from the Lord altogether. Okay, so we see that. But it also can be worked together for the good. Okay, it led to the calling of Silas, Silas forth, right? Hey, come on, bro, let's use your gifts. Uh, finding Timothy, revi- uh, revealing to Mark his weaknesses, and then bringing change about in him. So we saw good that came of this also. So some good news for us, guys. Later, Paul writes to the Colossian church. He says, uh, Articius, my fellow prisoner, greets you with Mark, okay, the cousin of Barnabas, uh, about whom you received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And then we know uh, later in Timothy's life, or sorry, Paul's life, um, he writes in his letter to Timothy, hey, bring Mark with i want mark i'm about to die i'm at the end of my life this guy i didn't want to do ministry with back there in acts chapter 15 the guy that i was willing to split partnership with barnabas and go our own separate ways yeah that guy the one who chickened out and ran home that wimpy guy yeah i want him with me now so mark obviously grew in the faith okay and it's so cool that we see that play out. And I'm so glad that we have that letter to Timothy and the different letters that Paul wrote speaking into that. So that, I think there's a lot that we can glean from that. You know, it's a bummer when there's not reconciliation. Maybe we are called to different ministries and that's okay. You know, but to break relationship over that, that's a work of Satan. That's not of God. And I encourage you guys to move towards, okay, when there are hard things and splits, you know, there is time for healing, but make a point to work towards that person. Even if they don't want, you keep pursuing them. Stay after them. Amen? All right, so again, look at verse 40 and 41 here. Paul now rebuilds this mission team. So, hello, Silas, right? Uh, they head north to Antioch by foot. They visited the churches in Syria and Cilicia along the way. Uh, why would Silas be a better partner for Paul at this stage in his career than Barnabas? 
Okay? Why is God allowing this to shake out? What's, what's good about this? Well, one commentator said this. I liked it a lot. He said, because Silas didn't have a cousin, Mark, whom he insisted on bringing along. <laughs> you know, I like that. So, something we see these guys doing, okay, as they're going forth, is they're strengthening the churches. And I love brothers um, and sisters that are called to that type of ministry. Isn't it refreshing when we have... Um, someone come through the church here, a guest speaker or something, that just, it's like a, a fresh breath of air, you know, or a cold cup of water. It's just, there's a lot of wisdom experience. They just come in and they encourage the body as a whole, you know. I just love that. I mean, we've got Brooke and Wayne coming in November to do this IBS seminar. It's going to be really good for us as a church, but they're a couple that a lot of us have known for many years, and they've just been a huge encouragement to our body, you know, and I'm just excited for them to come and minister to us, to encourage us in what we're doing. It's going to be good. It's good to have that, and that's exactly what they were doing. And I want to encourage you guys to do the same when you're given opportunity, okay? As we talked about last week, Freedom Fellowship, you know, it's, it's not that, we, you know, we got it all together and we're it, okay? We're just a part of the body of Christ at large. And as we have opportunities to rub shoulders with other believers, other churches, encourage them build them up okay it's just a blessing to be able to do that in the body um so other locals uh okay would do that the nurturing part they were strengthening okay um but the one thing i want you guys to notice is they were strengthening the churches they were not making a career of nurturing them that's not what they were called to that would be the locals. That's what they would be for. And this enabled him to move on to frontiers as quickly as possible. So thus, Paul acted more like a spiritual uh, obstetrician or a pregnancy doctor rather than a uh, spiritual uh, pediatrician or a children's doctor. So he'd birth the church and move on, placing a, a pediatric pastor <laughs> there to take care of the church. So that was his apostolic calling. And that's what we saw um, happen, you know, uh, in the church there. A lot, of, a lot of talk today about fivefold ministries and apostolic movements. And he's an apostle in the church. Um, I have different ideas scripturally about how that looks, you know, because I look to the word, what the apostolic, um, the apostles did, okay, what they were called to. It's a very unique calling that I don't believe is for today. Can people have giftings in apostolic nature? Yeah, I kind of look at those people would be ones that have a lot of vision, that are church planters. They're on the go. They're going to places the, you know, the word of God hasn't been preached before. Okay, not with a pastoral heart, you know, of wanting to stay and nurture. But hey, we need to come. People need to hear the Lord. We need to establish a body here. We need to raise up elders, and we're off. You guys are set. Grow in the Lord. More people need to hear the Lord. I, I see those as people who truly would have some of those giftings of the apostles in that way. Um, so, taking Timothy, okay? Uh, look at verses 1 and 2 now in chapter 16. Then he came to Derby and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, but his father was Greek. He was well spoken of by, by the brethren who were in Lystra and Iconium. Now, it's possible that Paul led Timothy to the faith. Okay? That's a possibility. Many times he refers to him as what? My son, right? My son in the faith. 
Uh, so it seems like God always has the right person ready at the right time. Sometimes we just need to be patient, guys. We want this now, or we see this, and we think it should be this way. Sometimes we just need to pray. Okay, God asked us to do what? Pray for laborers. There's a harvest out there. Be praying for the help that we need. And in his timing, you know, he will bring who is needed. And we see that for Paul uh, is Timothy. So Timothy is the only person in the New Testament that's like given that old prophetic title as a man of God. Isn't that cool? How many men of God do we have in the New Testament? A whole bunch. <laughs> but Timothy is the only one that's referred to as man of God. And I love that. I love that. I try to do that with my boys. I wish I would do it more, but every once in a while, it's just I want, to, I want their identity to be in Christ. Hey, man of God, <laughs> what are you doing? Would a man of God be doing this? Like really, just letting them know you're a man of God. And I think that encouragement we need, guys. We need to understand who we are as the children of God. So uh, let's talk about circumcising Timothy. Yippee! Verse 3. <laughs> Paul wanted to have him go on with him. And he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in the region. For they all knew that his father was a Greek. And as they went through the cities, they delivered to them the decrees to keep, which were determined by the apostles and the elders at Jerusalem. So this church, uh, churches were strengthened in faith and they increased in the number daily. Why? Why did he have to get circumcised? Um, not because it would have been necessary for salvation, right? He'd been saved for two years already. Okay, here's a young man, born again, okay, walking with the Lord, serving with the Lord, great reputation. Okay, the reason was not theological, but it was mystological. It was all about their mission that they were on. See, Paul would flex in whatever way was necessary to avoid offending the jews okay hey we just don't want to do that um yes to circumcision in timothy's case but not to titus okay actually let's turn there real quick galatians chapter 2 titus was another young pastor we have a book that paul wrote to titus and he speaks about titus who is a greek in galatians chapter 2 Jump down to verse 3. It says, Yet not even Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. And this occurred because of false brethren secretly brought in, who came in in stealth to spy out our liberty or our freedom, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage, to whom we do not yield submission, even for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. So it's one of those things, we need to hold to the gospel of grace, period. Okay? There's a lot of Christian sects in the world, okay? many. Um, and it seems anybody that becomes a denomination ends up having their little things you have to do. Okay? And that's the perversion of the gospel. Okay, Christ did all the work. There's nothing we need to do to be saved anymore. So don't let anybody come in and bewitch you with, you've got to do this or that. Okay? What we see here, 
Timothy is getting circumcised. Why? Because they were ministering to Jews. And him being a half Jew, hey, let's do that. Titus, you're a Greek. No, we're not going to pervert the gospel at all in that way. So Timothy, half Jew, circumcised to reach the Jews for Christ. Titus, a Gentile, wasn't circumcised because those insisted on the right for non-Jews were believers who who really should have known better. So become all things to all men to win some, right? Whatever it takes, but never to appease legalistic believers. So don't fall into that trap. Because you might have some friends who seem uber spiritual and they do these things and I got to do them too. Okay? Who are we trying to please? Well, we're trying to please our legalistic friends. Instead, we should be praying for them that they would grow in the liberty, the freedom that we have in Christ. And we should be praying for opportunities to minister the word to them, the grace of God to them. So, um, verse 6. Now, when they had gone through... Uh, Ferga in the region of Galatia, uh, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. And after they had come to Mysia, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. Did you guys catch that? So passing through Mysia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over here to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. So verses 6 and 7 here, I love that Luke isn't inhibited about telling the story just like it was. It's one thing I love about the Scriptures. Okay, it tells about where men of God messed up. And don't you guys love that? That's one reason I know the word of God is authentic, that it can be trusted. Okay, like the Quran, for instance, it was written by who? One guy, okay, Muhammad. And it has a whole lot of good things to say about the one guy, Muhammad, who never made any mistakes. How can you trust such a book? A guy wrote about himself, esteemed himself as great, you know. I love the Bible is real. No, these are regular men, you know, who God used, who messed up. And God still used them despite them. That's how I know it's real. Because it's speaking real. And that's what I love about the Holy Spirit inspiring Luke still. Hey, just be real about what's going on. So I like how great heroes of the faith in the first century were capable of blowing it from time to time as we are today, right? So if Paul was perfect, we couldn't identify with him. We wouldn't be able to bring application forth. But he was just like you and I. He had his shortcomings. Uh, So Paul went through one of those experiences of missing what God was trying to say to him, not just once, but twice, okay? Okay? Um, story I want to share with you guys. There was a bishop a century ago who pronounced from his pulpit and in the periodical of his edited, uh, that, the, or, well, that was edited that the heavier-than-air flight was both impossible and contrary to the will of God. And oh, the ni- irony of this, because Bishop Wright had two sons, Orville, Wilbur, (laughs) 
Right was wrong. <laughs> sure of himself, but wrong. And how often are we the same way, guys? This is absolutely it. You see, I'm an advocate for hearing from God. I encourage you guys to make space, time to be still before the Lord, to hear his voice, to hear what he is speaking. We need to allow time for that and acting on what you hear, but also recognize that this procedure uh, is misusing become presumption rather than providence. You see, it is always better to say we sense that the Lord is leading us to do this or God is asking us to go here or there whatever. So then if we miss it, we simply, what? Humble ourselves. Admit our wrong, okay? That we were sensing what God was doing. It was just inaccurate. Okay, there's people that are not here today that I believe should be here, but because of pride. God called us to go do this. Well, they went and did that. Okay, we prayed, we fasted. No one else sensed it, but hey, they heard from God that this is an absolute thing. Well, things didn't pan out. They didn't work out. Obviously, it wasn't God. God wasn't in it. You know, and instead of just humbly, hey, we made a mistake. <laughs> They're just gone. And that's pride. And I just encourage you guys, be humble to admit, hey, I thought God was leading. I guess he wasn't. That's okay. You know, that's okay. Because let me tell you what, what pleases God? Hebrews eleven six. it's our faith. And there's times where step out. If you're sensing God doing something, step out and see. If it doesn't work out, great. At least you had faith and you tried. Better than just sitting on your butt and never trying anything, right? So, um, and that's one thing I do appreciate about Paul. Even though he got it wrong here a couple times, I, I'm encouraged because, man, I've gotten it wrong, you know? But he's a guy that God used. He just kept going for it, you know? And that's something, guys, we just keep going for it. And it's something I think we can grow in hearing the voice of God and discerning the voice of God, too, Okay? What are you up to? And just being able to do that. I encourage you guys, take that time. Maybe read some books on it. Okay, Dallas Wilder, uh, Willard wrote a book, Hearing the Voice of God. Phenomenal read. Pick it up. Consider those things. Ian Bowen has some good reads on that. But just giving place and time to really seek the Lord and allowing Him to speak into your lives. It's important. Um, so I think the key is that he heard uh, he wasn't going the right way. Okay, that was the big thing. So let's give him credit for that here. And how many times we keep on going right towards the proverbial cliff, right? I heard from God. This is it. This is it. This is it. God told me I'm going to marry that girl and I'm going to pursue her even though she doesn't think it. And you didn't hear right because she married that guy. <laughs> you know? um, so we got to be very careful, okay? Be careful. See what God's up to. Understand sometimes... A well-laid human plans are sometimes changed by the Holy Spirit. Other times, they can be equally you know, obstructed by the devil himself. Our memory verse from last week, and you guys might have thought, hey, why was that our memory verse? But we read in 1 Thessalonians 2.18, Therefore, we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again, like, hey, I have my plan. I wanted to get there. I wanted to see you. I wanted to be there for you. But Satan hindered us. That's just part of life sometimes, guys. There are things going on that Satan does not like. And I want us to be in tune to hear the voice of God. 
to be real honest with you guys, I feel like the last couple of weeks that there is a spiritual attack upon our fellowship. I don't know if any of you guys are sensing that, but there's just something that's been going on just the last couple of weeks. And I think there's something that God's wanting to do. I think there's a big breakthrough. I think Satan's seen what you know, uh, God may be having for us. And I think he's really trying to come against that. So I'd encourage you guys, really be praying for our fellowship. Be praying for our brothers and sisters not to be tempted, not to get ripped off, okay? Um, so I think only intimacy with the Father in prayer and maintaining the faithfulness of the Holy Spirit in our daily lives, we will be, be able to accurately discern what God is up to, Okay? And it's just being in tune, just keeping yourself in that sweet spot with the Lord, okay? Have you guys ever had seasons in life where you just heard God speaking all the time? You know, sweet, you know? To be honest with you guys, I've had a lot of those seasons, a lot of them. Why? Because I'm very sinful, and it's in my nature to move away from, oh, God, this is so sweet, this is so good. Oh, what's that over there, (laughs) you know? That I'm like, hey, God, why aren't you speaking anymore? I got to get back in tune, to him okay and that's why it's good to have that time daily to be searching uh, the scriptures daily to be seeking him keeping yourself open giving place and time to hear so um so we need to discern you know and sometimes it's just you know god's telling us to turn around <laughs> go back because god wants us to so whatever he wants guys that's what we do um sometimes he'll ask us just courageously push ahead this is hard god you've asked me to do this i stepped out and i thought it was going to be easy because you're with me <laughs> you know i am with you <laughs> but i didn't say it was going to be easy you know you got to keep pushing you got to keep doing what he's calling you to do and sometimes guys we're just not hearing god lord i got some things i got to do i got to make some decisions what's happening what am i supposed to do here you know, sometimes God just says, stay where you're planted, grow, you know, maybe I do want to do this through you someday, (laughs) but you need a season of growth, just be still and grow, but that's where it's good to know what he's up to, and to understand that, and it's good to have other people praying for you, you know, if you do feel God leading you in a, you know, certain way, share with trusted brothers and sisters, hey, you know, I, I feel like God might be doing this or up to this. Could you be praying that God would just confirm that? And would you be praying about that and see what God, you know, uh, it's good to have those people around you. So missing God's will, voice, or direction. So we have strike one, strike two here. Uh, he took steps, okay? God closed doors. He waited. And then God showed him the way. I love that. And I want you to catch this, okay? To know the will of God is the greatest knowledge, To know the will of God is the greatest knowledge. To do the will of God is the greatest achievement. That's what life's all about, guys. It's about his business. Are we doing what he's asking us to do? We're here to glorify him. Because if we're living for our kingdom and doing our thing, ain't going to bring him glory, guys. We're going to miss the mark. We're wasting our life. I don't want to waste my life, guys. I don't want to see you, my brothers and sisters, waste your life. Do what he's asking you to do. Find out what his will is. If you don't know, read the scriptures. Because it talks about the will of God all over. And one thing I learn and I see in scripture, if we're faithful in little things, he'll give more. And sometimes I talk with you guys, I just want to know what God wants for my life. (laughs) 
Well, what has God asked you to do already? This. Have you done it? No. (laughs) Why do you think he's going to give you more other things to do if you're not faithful in the one thing he's already asked you to do? Just be faithful with that. God will give you more. Okay? So, um, the will of God will never lead you where the grace of God cannot keep you. I love that. All right, let's wrap this up. Let's look at uh, verses 8 to 10. Okay, this is out of the park now. Uh, so passing by uh, Mysa, uh, they came to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. And a man of Macedonia uh, stood, and he pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Okay, so after strike one, strike two, he not only knocks it out of the park, but out of the continent, guys. Okay? Asia to Europe. How cool. Okay? They had their little plans. We're going to go do this. And again, God's much bigger than we are. Okay? He's doing so much beyond what we could even think or imagine. So they go where? Okay? Well, we were told in verse 8, Troas, when all else fails here, hey, what? Go rent a condo on the beach, right? Okay? And pray. Well, what ends up happening? Well, to Europe with power, guys. That's what I want. You're going to go forth in power and preach the gospel. So the beginning of missionary work to another continent that's huge. Um, Alexander of Mechadon, who 400 years before had dreamed of having one empire, one language for all the people, okay, had built, or had built a better than he knew for the dispersion of really the Greek language had made, it, uh, made the spread of the gospel to the known world possible. If that hadn't happened, the barriers, language barriers, which a lot of our missionaries have issues with today, going into these tribal people, uh, learning their language, and then putting the scriptures into their language that they can hear the gospel. We hear about that all the time. Well, in the known world at that time, everybody was speaking Greek. Okay, How easy to go from this country to that country <laughs> and share the gospel. It was beautiful. So some would say, Paul... What about the continuing need in Asia? What about the heathens at home? Why go across the seas? Does that sound familiar? Absolutely. You know, I hear people say that all the time. You're so gifted. God's using you. Pastor, why are you leaving? Why are you going on the mission field? That's our brother Wayne that's coming to do the IBS seminar. He planted a church in Iowa. God was using him, and the Lord called him and his wife to go on the mission field. Why? There's so much right here. Why? Because he's the one who's orchestrating all things. He's the one calling the shots. We just do what God's asking us to do and to be faithful with it. You see, Paul was faithful to go. So his, Im- his imperfection here, uh, really reason for complete ignorance there, whatever... You know, we might see out there whatever the issues may be of today. We've got to be looking to the Lord. What's his plan? What's he up to? So wasn't Christ's plan, Acts 1.8? That was his plan. That's what he wanted to do, to the ends of the earth or not. 
yeah, to the ends of the earth. And isn't it so good that our God is still faithful to his word, that he's still sending people to the ends of the earth today? Absolutely, absolutely. So if you guys would stand with me, I'd like to just take our closing moments together and pray for brothers and sisters who are going to those unreached people in the world. Yeah, Father, we thank you, God, for foremost, just your faithfulness. God, we thank you for the cross. We are thankful so much for the gospel message that somebody took the time to share with us that we could hear, that we could believe. Thank you for that. We are thankful, too, for those that you're sending all over the world, Uh, not just from America to go preach. Father, you're sending... (laughs) People from all, even, the, even these worlds that we have, or people that we sent missionaries to over the last 50, 100 years, uh, they're now sending missionaries out all over the world. It's so cool just to see how your Holy Spirit is still at work, Lord, how you're using people to go forth and to, to preach the good news, Lord, to give up, to make the sacrifices, to learn new languages, Father, to be able to uh, interpret your word, Father, into a language that people could hear of your goodness. God of your saving grace, thank you so much for them, Lord. And we just want to pray for those brothers and sisters this morning and those that you're calling, Lord, that they would be uh, just in that place, Father, of just discerning clearly uh, where you want them and what you want them to be doing, Father, and just giving them the encouragement and boldness to step out, Lord. Just give them great faith, Lord, to, to do those works. And we pray for ourselves, too. God, we know that there's a purpose and a calling that you've given to each one of us, and we don't want to be missing the mark. We don't want to be wasting our lives. So would you please, Father, just get us where we need to be. Help us to uh, just be standing in truth, to be speaking into each other's lives, encouraging one another in what you have. And I do pray, Father, that you'd just be protecting our fellowship. Lord, I know there's things that you've called us to. We see an impact that uh, that we're having, Father, in, in our community, God, for your glory. And we know Satan doesn't like it. We know people, <laughs> Satan doesn't like people coming to know you. Um, so we just pray that you protect us, Father, and just give us favor, Lord, as we just continue to step out and to uh, do those things you're calling us to. Father, we're thankful, Lord, for the working of your Holy Spirit. And we just pray that you keep us sensitive to your leading. Lord, even when we make... Uh, mistakes, Lord, or uh, end up doing the wrong things. We thank you that there's mercy and grace, Father, that you're a God of uh, reconciliation, that you're able to bring us back and to get us back on track. And uh, we just thank you for that. We thank you for your patience with us. And help us, Lord, just to keep looking to you and pray in your name. Amen. All right, so now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Amen? Amen. And do you guys know what the will of God is for you in Christ Jesus? I read this yesterday in 1 Thessalonians. Your sanctification. (laughs) That's something God wants for us all. So keep growing in Jesus. Amen? Amen? Amen. God bless you guys.